I could have been my grandfather, Red Fox I, one of the first black politicians in Mississippi, ran for the border <laughs> and made it. When he broke his stride, he was in Quebec. <laughs> I mean, moving. See? Welcome to Rambouillet Gourmet Rambling. I'm your host, Quasi Joe Blow. Appreciate you guys coming back and, you know, joining me today. I got a, a friend I've had for a while on today. Uh, he's a... Uh, He's also one of my other good friends I've had on, Devin. Um, he's an artist and everything. I have a, his friend that he introduced me to, and we became friends and everything. So uh, this is Andre Clark, and we're going to be talking about his uh, his journey just through life, and he's a comedian. So what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, Ron or with Quasi Joe Blow? <laughs> so what's been up, man? So um, how's everything, you know, been just with you know comedy and COVID. Man, everything's been cool, man. Uh, I've been staying creative doing the podcast. I have a podcast I do. What's the name of it? It's called the No Apology Podcast. Yeah, uh, it, I, that's how I've been keeping my creativity. I ain't really down with going to comedy clubs right now and yeah, being yeah. around a bunch of around around a bunch of people right now. So that's yeah. how I keep my creativity. Um, also doing a comedy album. And released it this spring called Man This Comedy. Went and recorded it in the studio and just yeah. got jokes and oh, my, nice, my old jokes and some new jokes in there. So, all right. So, like, with you being, because I've known when I first met you, you were funny off rip and everything. So, was comedy something? Was you? Did you always know you were funny? Did you grow into being, you know, having a sense of humor? Man, most of the time, I don't be trying to be funny. That's the uh, thing about okay, it. I yeah. just say some shit and I, and I be dead serious and people be laughing. I'm like, I'm dead fucking serious. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, people told me to go up. I mean, you know, you should do comedy. You should got comedy. Then I went to an open mic to see another comic here and to see him do his first time. And I was like, I could do this. I'm like, it's a lot of these dudes are terrible. Yeah, yeah. I know I can do this. So I signed up for the next month and I went up. I started October 10th, 2010. So yeah, it's been on from there. So was like, when was the first time that, you know, you were told that you can you as a kid. Well, let me say with this, who were funny people that inspired you as a kid? Because I'm sure that, because I think people that grew up, like even from probably the 60s on, like yeah. people on TV had some effect on how we like viewed ourselves yeah. or went about, you know, from inspiration. Like who were some early people from, you know, early years back you can remember that were inspiration? Well, you know, always the usuals, you know, because we saw what Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, yeah. Red Fox. Yeah, um, yeah. Somebody for me, Sinbad. PD, yeah. I think he don't get credit a lot. Sinbad. I like Sinbad as a kid. Guy. Yeah. I liked him as a kid. I used to watch his specials. I used to watch the Robert Townsend specials on HBO. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of people, man. It's like just shows, uh, sitcoms from like Give Me a Break. Yeah. Different strokes. A lot of things, man. It was it was a lot of comedies. George Carlin's another one. I love George Carlin's comedy. So, um, when you first started, was it through like were you listening? Was it visual? Were you watching them on TV? Yeah, watching TV. You know, when you first, cause I came up in the days when you had the big cable box and it was like a DJ crossfader. You slide the <laughs> dial up and down. Yeah, I'm from them days. See, I was a I was a managed little boy then too, cause back then Channel 25 that was the Playboy channel, and it usually was scrambled out. So yeah. what you would do was you would you would go past 25, you go like the channel. 
Then you slide it back down past 25 to like 17, 16 or something. Then slide it back 25 and you unscramble a little bit. You might see a nipple or something, some titties or something. <laughs> so that's what we used to do. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, Cinemax after dark. I, used to watch. I thought I was a managed little boy, man. Turn the TV all the way down. It's like they would still be moaning loud as hell. <laughs> Like you like you trying to turn it down. Uh, uh, uh. I, man, I'm telling you, watching Emmanuel and Lady Chatterley, I I saw them pink areolas. It changed my life, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so where um like you say being managed was mm. do you think that adds to the humor? Because I yeah, know it adds to it, man. Just thinking about you know the stuff I did as a kid. You know I got a whole set of bit I do about being my childhood and stuff. Being a kid, uh, yeah, my childhood, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. So a lot of stuff come from there. I, I, I ain't got no horror stories where I got abused as a child or, you know, my dad left. Well, my parents got divorced, but my dad was still around. So I don't have that story where, oh, no, my daddy. And, I, you know, I had to, you know, we live hand to, you know, hand to mouth, which, you know, we was, you know, we was, I grew up in Westwood here in Dayton, yeah, Ohio. Yeah. But we wasn't fucked up and. I didn't know who my dad was, and I got beaten. You know, I got whoopings, but I ain't get abused. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really have that story, you know, because a lot of comics they got some dark stories behind their comedy. Like, God damn, man! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You need to go see a psychologist. <laughs> so, I, do you think that gives you a um, like a pure connection to your comedy, where it doesn't necessarily always have to come from pain? It comes from just genuine, just connection to the moments, or the you yeah, know, because everybody went through a lot of stuff, you know. Like to me, laughing is universal. A lot of things yeah. that we all go through, whether no matter the race you are, it's, it's universal. You know. Yeah. Everybody got in trouble. You know. A lot of people know about the, you know, the Playboy, you know, the Playboy joke. I just did there, but a lot of people know about that. A lot of people can relate to it. Yeah. So that's you know that's what I like about. It. I just like the fact that. The goofy thoughts in my head, people really be laughing at. And I be like, damn, they like that stupid shit. <laughs> it's just goofy some shit I be yeah. thinking about. Yeah. So, um, are, is your family, is your mom uh, humorous? Is your father, did they, you know, because I know a lot of the time, like, I think people kind of, when I am being goofy or being funny, like, you know, it's always from a genuine point, but genuinely how I feel. I don't even try to be that way, so... But I picked that up from my my dad. I remember him being like humorous, even when he would get mad. Even sometime when he would like whoop my ass or whatever, it would uh, he would do humorous shit. Like he whoop my ass, I go off crying, but he'll do some shit, and I'll be kind of laughing to myself. Like man, he's kind of goofy, man. So yeah. were your parents goofy? Was your dad or mom? Did they have personalities that you know? Yeah, my dad was real cool. My dad is a. Uh... He's he's an art, you know. He he got a you know associates in graphic design. My dad was oh, okay. an artist, so he he was cool. He's always a creative type. My mom was more you know serious, but she can be funny, you know. Yeah. And my sense of humor just comes from just you know, hey, sometimes like you say, you gotta laugh to keep from crying. Just think mm -hmm. of goofy shit, you know. That's how you get through it sometimes, man. So sense of humor. So um. Because I always wonder about people who are into comedy and uh, their way of coping with life. Because I know my creativity just comes a lot of time from the way I deal with my problems or my successes or whatever. And it just comes through me from there. Like, what for you, like, does it, like, is comedy, like, so do you, you know, if you're having a rough day, you're having a hard time, can you still have, like, that twisted sense of humor where you can laugh at your pain? Or does it come from that place or does it always just have to be maybe a more 
joyful moment where you can pull from it? Like, where does nah, it? Nah, if you go through some stuff, you can laugh to get through it. You know it. You know, like I said, laugh keep from crying. You just you just laugh about it. Or like, I'm the type of person I take myself serious, but not so serious where you can't laugh at yourself. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people they can't laugh at themselves. You got to be able to laugh and joke at yourself. If you do something stupid, like man, that was some dumb shit I did. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, when you got into stand up, like where was uh like. Because I know that people I've just watched on TV where people say stand up is like totally a different type of funny from acting, from anything. And as I've got kind of older and been able to just pay attention to people more, I can see that like comedy is a skill. You got to have it. You got to be able to know how to control the crowd. And, you know, you got to, you know, you know, I think y'all memories are crazy how y'all can just like memorize a lot of stuff and keep knowing, you know. So I think like comedians memories are real like really dope how they can like you know remember so much stuff and from what I understand with Chappelle he can just go off the rip for hours you know what I'm saying like yeah. just talking just all you know in the moment so um when you got into stand up were you uh was it an easy format to take on like once you got up there and you had to deal with the crowd and like dealing with using certain mechanics that you know the skills you have to have to be able to get it off yeah I mean like I, I came from hip hop. Came from used to be. You want to be a rapper? Like what? What yeah, kid yeah. don't want to be? Yeah, yeah. Freestyling, rapping, and stuff like that. Trying to go to these music seminars and all that. And so it just come. It comes from that. So I had stage presence. Yeah. Which you know that's what this one comic told me. A veteran comic told me. He said, I mean, you got a stage presence. You know, this yeah. is when you're trying to find your way. But I tell anybody, comedy is hard. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Like, people think oh, I'm just gonna get up there and talk shit. Like, no, you got to be structured. You got to know, you know, set up your joke. You got to know when you got to pull the crowd in, or you got to get control of it. It's a, it's a lot of things that go into it. Cause I laugh all the time when I see people on social media. Somebody may post something funny and they be on the comments like, "You should do comedy." I'm thinking, like, no, they shouldn't. It's gonna be, they're gonna be <laughs> in for a rude awakening when they do it because. Yeah. Five minutes may not seem like a long time, but it's a long time if you ain't got nothing to talk about. Yeah. If you up there just cracking on people, it's different to crack on people and, and roast people. But yeah. to have material and talk about something, it's, it's really tough. People don't understand like how tough it is. They think it's easy because you know they see great people do it. Like Chappelle, he a great. You see him do it, you think, like, oh, I could do that. No, nah, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Or even like people like Dale Hewley, a lot of people. You know, they see and they think like, well, I could do that. But I went when I went to the open mic, I went to open mic and I saw them dudes and I'm like, oh my. Like I know I could do this because you know, I could put stuff together and I come from, you know, the the, the hip hop world where, you know, you had to write rhymes and stuff like that and you had to mem memorize stuff. So Yeah. So it was it was an easy transition. So, um what were um like when you got up there and you got into the groove of it, what were like what was like a struggle that you was like, man, what was the hiccup for you? What was the, the I tripping? mean, I tell everybody, you everybody done had a bad set. I don't care who they who they are. All the way from Miles Mabley to to Chappelle, everybody done had a bad set. If they tell you they didn't, they lying. Yeah. Somebody if a comic tell you they done killed every time they been on stage, they lying. I mean Chappelle, I think he did a skit on um how he bombed. He said he got yeah. too high. He like he really people want their money back and shit. Man, the worst the worst bomb is like when when the people don't even boo you. 
you know Damn. what I'm saying? They ain't even paying attention. Like, <laughs> that means they ain't even paying attention enough to even boo you. They just, <laughs> all right. I done seen plenty of cats do that. You know, I done had bad sets, but I ain't had the set where I got booed the hell off stage and, you know, the Sandman from Apollo came and got the hook. I ain't had that set, <laughs> yeah. but I done had some bad sets, like some rough ones, you know? Rough sets. So, um, have you toured? I know you said you've, you know, you've been introduced. Did you do in New York City, right? That yeah, I was in New York, performed a couple places there. It was just some open mics there, you know, first time in New York when I went, and it was like, Man, New York, it's though they have, it's places will have like four or five open mics in one night. Mm. So you meet a lot of comics, and this is like most of their shows is just the comics, and they may somebody may bring their girlfriend or, or one of their friends. New York is a, is a, I feel like New York will get you, and I was told this New York will get you like trained, like, like it's military for comedy, it's training mm. for comedy. And LA is more if you want to do, do the acting. But mm-hmm. New York would get you like you, you get you a solid five minute set or ten whatever, and you keep working it, and it's like it's like the training ground. So have you? Uh, I know you say you haven't been to LA when we were talking, uh, you mm-hmm. know, off the mic and everything. But is that like would you ever go there to pursue the acting? Because you got a personality, you know, you got a. Uh, I feel like the way things now, especially with the internet. You don't have to move to LA and New York anymore. Yeah. Because the internet is a lot of cats that blew up off the internet. I know a lot of internet comedians that them blew up. I'm not saying a lot of them are funny, but you know, you know, that's either that's you know, comedy is subjective art form too, you know. Yeah. Some people you may think funny, some people not, you know. Um But I, I feel like with a lot of them internet comedians just I seen a lot of them they'll come and they'll have like, you know, when you headlining you might do like 45 minutes, 30 minutes. Mm. And shit, after the first five minutes, it's like they should drop off because they're not ready for it, you know? Uh, like people, you know, people don't realize, like, man, it, it's, it's rough. When you, I just feel like when you get to that point where people are paying you the headline, be ready. Yeah. Like you'll say, it's cool to be on the internet. Yeah, it's cool to do the little fine, Vine videos and Instagram shits and you doing your little skits, but... Man, these people paying you to do a set, man. Be ready. Be ready. I, now, I can't give props to that dude, Haha Davis, because he said the first time he did it, he bombed. And then he went and got a mentor that showed him, like, look, man, you know, this is how when you're doing stand-up. He's like, I didn't know how much different doing stand-up was than doing my little skits on the internet. And I respect him for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I think it's really interesting how comedy seemed to take on all forms because of, like, Instagram and TikTok and, uh, you know, just yeah. the social media platforms. Yeah. Um, like I say, do you ever, have you ever thought about doing skits? Do you ever think about... Like, nah, because everybody does it. You yeah. know, I'm tight person. Everybody do something. I get turned off, man. Everybody want to do this, you know. So, I'm not... I like TikTok. I, I got so tired of seeing them damn videos doing this quarantine, man. Just... Every day somebody doing some TikTok stuff or doing a little dumbass dance or a dumbass skit. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't stand the dudes that dress up like women. And women, women do this. And I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. So it's, it's rigi- uh, excuse me, is originality like a like a, a staple uh, for you? Is it always it has to come from there? They got to be original. And I done seen plenty. Man, listen, I done seen comics fight over jokes. Like in what sense? Like they felt like they somebody stole their joke. Oh yeah. I was in Atlanta. I seen comics fight over that. 
That's crazy. Because, you know, think about it. If you got a, a, a great joke, that could be the difference in you eating ramen and eating steak, you know? Yeah, yeah. That could be the thing that, you know, blow you up. And, you know, but throughout the years, there's been a lot of comics, though, joke stealing. You know, you know. I know you probably. You, I don't know if you know about Carlos Mencia. Mencia. No, and, I mean I know him like loosely, yeah. but yeah, I know you're talking about. And Joe Rogan called him out on that shit, which you know they say he he's notorious for stealing jokes. It's a it's a few cats. You be like, oh yeah, it'll take your joke. So like, uh, I you know, and I watched something one time. I was watching it. What's that guy's name? He was the guy that did the. They took his voice for Viceland, and they um. He was talking about how it's just a ride or something like that. His name, uh, I think his last name was Hicks. Uh, uh, Bill Hicks. Is it Bill yeah, Hicks? Bill yeah. Hicks. And I watched something about him, but I, I ended up getting to watching some other documentary after that, and it was talking about like how powerful coming up with a genuinely good joke is, like money wise, yeah. like like just getting you into certain clubs wise. Like, the, so is it? How do like what is the process? I've always been interested in coming up with a joke. Now I'm not saying you gotta tell me like you know secret sauce or personal, nah. but is it like do comedians just sit down and do they write out the jokes or do like you know? Me, I think the joke out first. Like I'm gonna have an idea pop in my head during the day. Then I'll I'll write it down. Like I'll outline then outline some of the things I want to say. Yeah. Then I'll try to incorporate a joke. Then I'll say it over and over and over, you know, just thinking, of, just working on it. Like, you go to the open mics. Open mics is like the gym. You mm. know, you're going to work out, and you're trying to use the right wording, you know, the right timing and stuff. That's what you're trying to get down. So, you know, them jokes, man, you, it may be new to people, but they didn't tell you a lot of comments that have been working on jokes for years. Yeah. Years. So, like, what does that mean, working on jokes for years? Like, is it the same one? Same just... one. Or just trying to find the white word, wording for it, timing for it. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it's a process. It definitely is a process, a long process. So, um, when someone, like, steals a joke, do they literally, like, like watch you do it on stage and then take it and go do it or or some people do. oh they'd have heard it and and or you know they'd have heard the joke and they sometimes they feel like a lot of like established comedians they'll feel like well ain't nobody gonna hear him you know yeah, he's, yeah. he's got this open mic I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna and you know when the person got the bigger the bigger spotlight what can you say if you don't think you lying yeah <laughs> yeah and he took my joke and it's like nah he didn't he, he that's so and so he did this you know yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's dark. I mean, I feel like it's you know, hey, I write for a person. If you think you know, if you think I'm that funny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I write for you, pay me. So, with you and your grandest scheme of like you know taking comedy to where you want, like would it ever turn into you like maybe directing movies or would it be like your own TV show on Comedy Club? Like, what's um, the? I would love, Linda. Right now, I would love to do it as a full time job. If I was getting paid the same amount I'm doing at my job now, I would love it. Yeah, I yeah. would love it, man. Like you know, that's that's much much I like doing it. It's just if it was just my regular job, this was my job, I'd be happy. Well, not right now, not with the country shut down. But I'm just saying, with some places. Yeah. But yeah, it's I would love to do that. I would love to do a show or write us on a show and or create a show. That would be you know that would be great too. Movies, I mean, yeah. It's cool, man, but just just if if I can get an outlet where I can be funny all the time, I would be happy with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is it um 
with like because what are the mechanics and like have you noticed because i'm sure because you said you've traveled and you've done stuff mm-hmm. what are the mechanics for like what makes it to where a comedian makes it because i don't ever because it to me it just seems like it's a big big pool of people who are just like you know what makes because i'm sure it's a lot of funny people out there in the yeah. world it's genuinely talented people so like what makes it to where they get to the point where somebody like picks like like what made jim carrey get to the point to where somebody picked him and saw him out of all the comedians or or even what like just looking back at um I don't know. Remember, like, Aerie Spears and stuff yeah, like that? Like, what got people to the point to where... Because I really liked the... What was it? Comic View. Like, that was one yeah. thing I loved as a kid. Like, it was something that was real. I, I wish they would keep playing the old... I guess they probably wouldn't be able to get it off now. But, like, what got people to the point to where, like, Chris Tucker got a stage? Like, You know, when Chris Tucker was on Def Comedy Jam, he had only been doing comedy for, I think, two years. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I found that out. Like, yeah, he only been doing comedy for two years. Yeah, uh, I don't like. I don't wish I knew the answer to that, but I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, it's, it, I got some theories, but I wish I had knew the answer. Like how some people get picked, some people don't. Because this, I've seen a lot of comics, man. You never heard of just kill a kill a show, kill a Yeah, room. yeah. And you know, and you be thinking like, wow, this guy get on. You know, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer, man. You know, yeah. I could say the Illuminati, but I don't know. Everybody <laughs> be talking that shit. I don't know if they real or not, man. I don't. They they a secret society. Everybody know about them. I mm. I, I, <laughs> I just don't understand that shit. They, they a secret society. Everybody know about them and always mention their name. Yeah, I always say that too. I don't mm. understand how people. Uh, I'm like, well, I think maybe Illuminati is like the diversion decoy or something. Yeah. So everybody look that way. But I don't know about the Illuminati being like a. Um, like yeah. a real secret if it's everybody knows about it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some stories about, you know, some common friends in L.A. tell me about, you know, cats doing whatever to get on. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm the type of dude, though, man, when 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 the dick start coming out, I'm done. I don't want to be famous. <laughs> I don't want to be that famous. Yeah, I, ain't I'm, that dick, yeah, I don't. I yeah. Fuck all that. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I hear them stories, too, man. And with them stories where smoke is fire, that's what I would say. Because I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different people about that, you know. But I don't, you know, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I wish I had the answer to that, man. Because I thought it was about being funny, but some, but it's more than that in this game. It's more than just being funny. Mm. It's, you know, hey, man. And in me, I'm not real good at ass kissing either. So I, don't I feel you on that person, yeah. Cause I feel like if I if you got talent, I just I also feel like if you have talent, it's room for you in this game. If you have I talent, feel you on in that. any art form, if you have talent, it's room you. for you. So I don't see how like some people be jealous of you and and I'm telling you, nobody hates you harder and the most than somebody from your hometown. Crazy enough, it's so crazy, is, man. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I did, I <laughs> I have never performed at the Funny Bone in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, but I'm performing in Atlanta. I'm performing in New York. I'm performing in Indianapolis. But I've never opened in Columbus, but I've never opened there. I think that's, that's crazy. That's like crazy. I'm from here. Like what you mean to tell me? I'm not good. I'm not good enough to to, to open at the Dayton Funny Bone. Okay, huh? whatever, man. That's why I just keep doing my thing. That's why you got to be resilient. You got to just keep doing your thing, man. Because people, man, uh, this one comic, Nathan Brandon, I, I, I opened for him at Wiley's, and he told me he was like, man, listen, keep doing your thing. Your hometown will love you later. Yeah, yeah. You just don't even worry about them. It seems like hometown always loves you after the world loves you. Yeah. You got to blow in the hometown, like oh shit. Yeah, yeah, man. 
everybody come like I knew he was gonna I told him he was gonna be funny. What the hell like, you ain't no shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like what was uh like as you spoke on because I always talk to uh, my assistant about that. Like it seems like because I feel like I do pretty good at photography and I've yeah. I've even gotten like to work with some people to where like you know what I'm saying that yeah. like you know I did a photo shoot of Hitboy that was right when he won the Grammy oh, right okay. around that time and I in L A and it was people that I worked for that I was like I didn't feel like I should have been at the top of my game but I should have had a foot in the door I should have yeah. you know. And so I start realizing it's something else. It ain't got nothing to do with how good yeah. you are at this thing. It's it has like, nothing to do with your talent, man. That's that's the thing I'm seeing. Like it has nothing to do with your talent. Yeah. You know, I don't mind networking with people. I don't mind networking and stuff like that, man. Because I'm I'm an introvert. I tell people that. Like I don't I don't really like motherfuckers that much, man. Yeah, I and, feel you. Man. And people be thinking like you acting funny, but it's like nah, I'm not the type of person to get out in your face and hey, let's go hang. Nah, man. Shit, you know, I'd rather be in the cut playing my game, man. That's what I do, shit. Yeah, I feel you on that, man. That's, I don't be bothered. I, what is it, misanthropic? Like, yeah. sometimes I don't really like people. And that's not even yeah. because I don't agree with them or I got a problem. I just don't want to deal with people and they shit. So I can yeah. kind of, I just, I can kindly stay at home. It's like I say, play my video games, eat, chill, do my yeah. thing. So, yeah. Yeah, like this quarantine hasn't bothered me. It bothered yeah, me I feel you all. on that. Like, yeah. These motherfuckers who can't sit their ass down for a little bit, that's who was bothering. Like, damn, you can't sit your ass down just for a couple of months so we can get rid of this shit? You got to go You gotta go get you a fucking Jaeger bomb. You just got to go. <laughs> yeah. You just got to go sit in the room with some motherfuckers to yeah. look at them. That's all you're doing. Ain't like y'all dancing and that shit. Y'all yeah. just dan- go to a club to go look at another motherfucker. Yeah, man. I didn't, it didn't, I'm always like... I'm always at in the house. I go out for if I got to do some photography or some creative stuff like this. But besides that, I'm just always in the crib doing yeah. my own thing. And it ain't even like I got a problem with nobody or nothing. I'm just chilling. Yeah. I'm out the way. No, you know. And people be amazed like, you're an introvert. How you do content? I was like, because it's, man, I can. It's kind of an act, but it is me. And, you know, that's one thing about my comedy. It's, it's me. It's the goofy thoughts that be in my head and just shit I go through and I just talk about it. Yeah. And it is me. So. It's part of my personality, but I mean, honestly, I I'm not coming to your after party. I don't want to hang with you, shit. Yeah, you know, especially some some dudes. And I ain't trying to hang with you now. If it's a nice female, especially <laughs> with the with the large bottoms, and that's me. You know, I'm president of booty congress, but <laughs> I do that. I hang with you, but man, I ain't trying to. Some cats, man. I'm telling you, man, it's a lot of cats that have smiling your face, and they they you know they don't really like you. But yeah. you you ever make them people like is it's something about you they like they don't like you and they have no reason not to like you they just yeah, don't like yeah. you and I always say it's something about you that upsets their spirit like mm-hmm. so it's something in their spirit that's like man I don't know why I don't like this motherfucker because man you you know it's just that hateful in your heart you're hateful in your spirit man that's all it is which I don't know why people are like that. I mean, that is crazy you talk about that on that subject because that's why I'm just mostly why I'm like weird and people or well, people perceive me and I don't talk to much people because like I just don't put no effort into being yeah. weird and hating on people or doing mm-hmm. all that being you know I want everybody if you got time I want you to make it man yeah you know, man I want you to make it I hope you do you know if I happen to make it in comedy I ain't I mean I'm not unsuccessful you know if I never make it big man it, hey Hey, I done had a great life. I can, I can say, shit, I can't, I can't complain about it. You know. 
That's good, man. So, and that's, you know, I mean, you got a pretty positive attitude, and you know what I'm saying? And I think that's, too, like, having that type of light heart makes, like, comedy probably easy for you to do. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it does, man. Because, I mean, I'm not saying that. Like, you know, I, I, I'm I not the type of dude, like, and people take my comedy mistake me since I'm not loud, they think I'm not funny. Because yeah. a lot of people equate loud with being funny. Like animating and shit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of motherfuckers just obnoxious. Like, that shit is obnoxious to me. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm more, I'm sad I'm laid back, man. That's my personality. I don't have to yell and jump and scream and dance on TikTok and all that shit to be funny. Because that, to me, a lot of them dudes are not funny. Yeah. It's a lot of things I see and I'm like, oh, this, how? Like, you getting off on this dude, this stupid shit? Like, how are you? I think comedy is very different from what it was when we were kids and stuff yeah. and like the way it is now. Like, I mean, even comedy movies, they don't make, it's like a total different way of it being made. Like, there's some movies back when we were kids that were just genuinely, to me, funny. Like, yeah. you know, and I think people, I think, perceive like animated, like, behave, real crazy behavior sometimes as yeah. comedy. And like, I don't know. I just think comedy has its own, uh, like I think I guess you know I feel like that's why I feel like I'm getting old. I'm like, damn, it's it ain't like the old, it ain't like it was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I, I catch myself saying that a lot. Like, damn, man, yeah. it ain't like the old days. I sound like them old men. Yeah, I, feel, yeah. I say that a lot though. Like, man, this is totally different than what I'm used to. But man, and some things I refuse. Like, I ain't wearing no fucking skinny jeans. You know, I wear my jeans to fit. I don't wear the big janko jeans and shit. I don't <laughs> yeah. do that. But I'm not wearing no skinny jeans, man. I yeah. just can't do it, man. Gotta let my balls get room and hang and shit. <laughs> just wearing skinny jeans and shit. And sagging them. Like, what's the point in that? I just don't, I'm not with having my ass all out. I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I was at Walmart the other day, and I saw this girl with this dude, and he was sagging. Ass all out. I'm like, and you and you with this dude? Like, you proud of this? <laughs> that's great. That's man, old school. Dude, I'm like, this dude is advertising. Yeah. Put your goddamn pants up. Yo, draws, motherfucker. I ain't seen nobody sag like that in a while. Like, that's like the real, like, mm. like man, like, I don't know. I guess because I'm older, like I said, I'll be 44 this year, man. Yeah. September, I'll be 44. And it's just, I don't know, I, see, I feel myself just getting older and things like you just get set in your ways and there's a lot of shit that you just be like, your patience is thin, man. Yeah. Now I see why, you know, when your parents come home, they're like, turn that, turn all that noise off. Yeah. Because if you get older, you don't be on that bullshit. Yeah, so is um, it's like far as with you and your family, are you the only funny one? Like, were you the annoying one out of everybody nah, that was I'm, always cracking on people and shit? No, nah, I was always cracking. My little sister, uh, she took a lot of my jokes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was I was cracking, and uh, I, I I always had jokes with people, you know, especially in junior high. That's what I used to do, man. I used to, man. I probably got people have me on the hit list. Like, right? <laughs> I just crack on them so bad, man. And it's like one of things. Don't let me find something about out about it. Don't let me find out that you know uh, your mom. Like, this, we had these people, these kids live behind me, and uh, that one day we was on the porch, and their mom and dad was arguing over uh, who ate the last piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> for real, this is for real. Hey man, listen, we cracked on this so hard. <laughs> oh, don't let us find out. Like a school. You 16 in the seventh grade or some shit. Man, listen, we would light you up so bad. Like, if anybody found out anything about you, man, or you can't read or something, man, we yeah. just crack on motherfuckers. Now, like I told you, I'm in education now, and it's totally different, man. That a boy, 16 in the eighth grade, and he was cool with it. 
Like really? kids was all flocking to him. I'm like, man, if you went to school with us, man, you know how man, you got the, murdered for hey, that. Man, like, you would have got you would have want to come to school. Yeah, you would have been getting roasted. Yeah, but it, it's just totally different, man. It's but that's what we used to do, man. Don't let us find any little thing about you, man. You know, so you was gonna get. Don't let us find your lights got cut off. You was gonna get cracked on. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. Don't come to school. You don't got no floods and no jeepers. Or, yeah. Yeah. You got some pro wings on. You gonna get talked about the whole day. And I feel like that's the one thing I really enjoyed about really growing up in the hood. Mm-hmm. That it inspired a sense of wit. You had to be on your toes. You yeah. had to be able to see the angles. And uh, that you know, I think every black person. That's I mean, to me, I say like you know, I say like niggas is funny as hell. Like yeah. it's our natural sense of being. We don't even be realizing it, and we be being funny. So. I don't know, man. Do you think, do you credit Dayton as a city, the funny, like, you know, funny experiences you had as yeah, a part it's of funny. It? I mean, listen. Especially particularly in the hood. Dayton Public Schools, man, you're going yeah. go, to have a crack session. That's on the bus, while walking home. Like, I used to go to Rolf Middle School, so I used to walk yeah, up to Rolf, Man, you crack it every day. That's what we used to do. Man, I'm telling you, people know me at school, they used to crack and be funny every day. Yeah. I'm time from the time we walked up Hoover to the first bell to the end last bell. We we man, that's all we did. Yeah. So um let's go like so like at what point like in like was it junior high was it elementary, junior high, high school to where like you started to realize like, nah, I'm funny. Like when like when was that like nah you know because I think everybody can like do stuff at a certain yeah. point but then you get to that point you get you get full stride of that confidence this is who you are like what like what was the uh, moment or the time or like that definitely in junior high definitely junior high I think Rolf Middle School Hoover Avenue in Dayton Ohio man that that a lot of crack sessions there yeah. cracking on people the funniest jokes I've always got a little bit of truth behind them. So yeah. when you say something that really stings somebody, that'd be funny when you say something that really stings somebody and want to fight you. Yeah. That that's that's I'm telling you, those would be the funniest jokes, man. Yeah. It's the little truth behind it. And they get pissed, like, you know, and all they can do is come back like, fuck you or something. I'm gonna beat your <laughs> ass. I'll beat your ass though. Like yeah, yeah. you still dirty, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> yeah. So is it funny? So it's the way you look at it, it's particularly socializing with people. Mm-hmm. You like being able to maneuver people in a sense too, like being able to use comedy. Like you don't have to be yeah. aggressive. You don't have yeah, to be I'd loud. Be aggressive. I mean, but sometimes you better not. If like some cats, you you can't joke like that with. You know, everybody. It's a lot of cats you can't joke like that. But you gonna have to fight them. So you better not have. You better have better than a tussle game up. Or yeah. Something. Better be. Better, better, I mean, you better be able to throw some blows for real. Get your ass beat. So what is it like with you um, working with kids? Like, do they know you do comedy and everything? And, well, well, they're pretty young, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, well, when I was at the charter school, it was middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and I guess one of the kids found me on YouTube, and they were like, "Mr. Clark, you do comedy and this and that," and you know, I used to crack on the kid. That's how I used to get through it. I used to crack. I used to crack on them, man. It's it's one little boy. His haircut was so toe up, man. I used to talk about his hairline and. <laughs> so, that's how you get through it, man. Because charter schools is man. Listen, I I would say this: charter schools in Ohio. I don't know about anywhere else. Charter schools in Ohio, man. It's, it's they're not about the right thing. They're all about mm. getting that cash. That's what it's about. And so you deal with a lot, and it's just like you just got to deal with it. So I just mm-hmm. crack on the kids, you know. Like this one boy, he had this fake chain on. 
And I told him, like, man, help me help you. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, help me help you. I said, you see that trash can? Why don't you throw that away, man? <laughs> He's like, man, this is my cousin. His daddy gave you to it before he went to jail. I said, that's why his daddy went to jail, because he gave me that fake-ass trash. <laughs> he said, trash, man. It was bronze. I don't man. What the hell this was? I'm like, this boy, his neck going to turn green. <laughs> so is it, um, do the kids, do you... Uh... Cause it don't seem, cause I've always seen you crack and roast on people. I don't ever feel a sense of hate. It's like real cool how you get it off, cause it's never like hateful or that you know, nah. you know, even the people that's going with it, it's like that you cracking on. They'll end up laughing with you. So, do you command a sense of respect with the kids in the sense yeah, that, that they know they'll respect, get roasted? They respect with them, man. I crack when they'll try to crack, man. I just keep roasting them, man. You know, I do a joke where I talk about the. Uh, you know, they used to call me bald head, you know, kids, but they, they but these kids, man, the hell, they can't spell, so all right. Shit, man. Or they I I hate I was uh in the middle school in that era when it was what are those? Remember that oh, era? Yeah, oh yeah. Lord. That's one thing about teaching kids. Anything that's popular in, in, in popular, you know, in uh pop culture, you gonna hear about it every day. Yeah. They're gonna wear it out. Yeah. It's to the point, man, when Old Town Road came, I kicked this boy out of class and he kept singing that damn song. <laughs> I said, man, get out of class. He like, well I'm just singing. I'm like, I told you quit singing that song. I'm so tired of hearing it. <laughs> like anything in pop culture that's popular, man, you gonna it's gonna wear out. The, that dumbass dance with that floss dance. Oh shit. <laughs> Dad dance and what's that shit they do? They do this shit and, and oh lord, it's I like to shoot. Yeah, yeah, man. You just be like, oh, y'all wear y'all wear it out, man. And you get you gonna. I'm telling you, working with kids, anything in pop pop culture, it's like, oh boy, it's gonna get you gonna get so tired of it, like you gonna get hate to see it. <laughs> like oh lord, they they did this all day. So what was a um, what was a, an experience? Like a story that, you know, I'm trying to find a way to ask it, mm -hmm. that you were in them, like, you know, something that inspired a comedy, you know, comedy story that you told or inspired a joke. Like, what was something that was, like, real crazy or funny in the moment to when it happened? You was like, oh, shit, I got to put this into it. This is crazy as hell. Well, I go back when I used to be, I used to be, I don't know, shit, I had about a billion jobs. I was a manager at Walgreens. I was, and I had one employee, she had this old guy, he used to come in. And like he'll give her money for some chips and a pop and let her keep the change. So I be like, and we used to say like, they call him sweet and low daddy. I was like, nah, that's the splendid daddy. That's what he is. <laughs> he's a splendid daddy. He ain't really a sugar daddy, he's a splendid daddy. <laughs> and that inspired a joke about, you know, I do this joke about being a splendid daddy. <laughs> you know, I can't pay your mortgage, but I can put something on it though. For you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like your deep in hell may be, Maybe hundred dollars. I give about thirty, thirty-five dollars to put on it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where it came from. I remember he's always come in, man. We like, there you go, there you go, splendid daddy, splendid daddy. <laughs> he's always buying chips, chips in the pop. Maybe a little cupcake or something. He'll pay with a ten. Like you can keep the chain. I'm like look at splendid daddy over here. So Something that, that I do to this day that even my assistant down here right here, mm -hmm. she uh. Is the booty citations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the booty citations. That's stuff we, I came up with. I've been to, see, the first ACC ever 
was this girl, Devada Cook, back at Rolf Middle School, seventh grade. She was the first ACC. That's trivia. So when trivia come up, she first ACC. What's the, what's the ACC? Andre Clark certification on the book. <laughs> I certified. I'm like JD Power and Associates. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I, I don't know who's JD Power. I just all I know is if they say something dope, you know, says I'm good, it's good. So yeah, ACC. So yeah, man, I've I've been doing that since like seventh grade, man. It's <laughs> Talking about that, it's so stupid, man. So, what is a booty citation? Like, uh, if they eye burning, that's what we call me and Devin. We call flat booties eye burning, they burn <laughs> our eyes, you know what I'm saying? And you get a citation. You can't have, you know, no writing on your if you ain't got no booty, you can't have no writing on your booty. Like, you can't have no pink sweatpants on, you ain't got no booty because you're gonna bring attention to your booty and you're gonna burn people's eyes. So, you can't have that. So, and they might get a cite, you gotta have a citation. It's heavy fines, man. I'm president of the Booty Congress. Like I told y'all, Devin Vice President. We make up these laws. We got senators <laughs> and representatives and all that. Don't play that shit. Yeah. So, do what, um, I'll do women inspire anything about your comedy? Yeah, dates I done been, you know, dating life, man. Dating yeah. life is crazy, man, because, man, I got a whole bit about just dating, I like I know crazy through all my relationships. I know crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, like my almost baby mama, and you know, well, I'm, I'm gonna talk about her, but rest in peace. She ain't she ain't no longer here with us. Yeah, but she was crazy in the motherfucker though. <laughs> she was man, and I saw that when I we lived together. I saw that like oh she crazy in the motherfucker. Hey, like, she got mad at me because she had a dream that I cheated on her, so she cut all the all the ass and nut part of my drawers out. So she did what again? Cut all the ass and nut part of my drawers out because she got mad because she had a dream that I cheated on her. What the world? Yeah, this is a true story. <laughs> this ain't even, I tell that, I don't even joke. I just say that and I'm like, that ain't even a joke. That really happened. Like, she she was really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she got all the ass and nut part of my drawers out, man. Because she said, I cheated on her in this dream. I'm like, bitch, that's your imagination. What the fuck? Like, God damn. That's crazy as hell. Yeah. She was she was crazy as hell. Shit. Then as she got older, it got worse. Damn. Yeah. Or just dating because, you know, I'm rare, man, especially here. Especially here, the baby mama, baby daddy capital of the world. Like <laughs> I'm forty three and I don't have any kids. Yeah, yeah. So I met this girl, she said, I got seven. Is that gonna be a problem? I told her, Hell yeah, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> she had seven kids, talking about I'm like, shit, talking about take them to King's Island. We're going to go to that river skate, and we're going to run through that water, and you're going to have you a good time. That's what you're going to do. I'll be down. I'll tell you, I wish Americana was open. They, I thought that was about a carload yeah. shit. Fantasy farm and all that shit. But, yeah, man, you, I'm telling you, man, dating, I'll tell anybody. I always hear women complain, but dating as men, you got quantity, but it ain't a lot of quality. You run into a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of crazy, just delusional-ass women. And this woman, you know, they had like five kids, five daddies, and shit, and thinking like, I know, man like me gonna, I don't know, I ain't wiping you up, shit. Yeah. All them goddamn kids, I can't, no, hell no. Yeah. You got ball team and shit. <laughs> yeah, man, but, yeah, look, women in the spot, a lot of jokes, just dating life, some of my real life dates, man. I gotta tell the story that I, I went on this date with this one woman. She was older than me, but then, so we decided to meet up. We went to TGI Fridays and we went to a movie. She said, I got these movie passes. I go see the movie. So she telling me how her son does. He works for Home Depot corporate in Atlanta. He doing well and all this shit. So we go to the movies. I ended up falling asleep. It was hateful late. 
That's what we want to oh, see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I end up falling asleep. I wake up, man. Some white lady in my face like, hey, the movie's over with. I just had to tell you because me and her drove separate cars. Then we met each other there. And this white lady waking me up like, I just want to tell you the movie over. I'm like, damn, old girl gone. She just left? Yeah, I text her like, damn, man. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, she said, oh, my son's uh, daughter just just had the baby and I had to leave and this and that. I said, then she come asking me, would I give her $427 to go to Atlanta to go see her grandbaby? Just being born, like, would I give her the money? I'm like, you was talking about how your son was balling and shit. He should give you the money. Look, I'm, I just met you. I just met this woman. I'm like, you couldn't even nudge me to tell me your ass was gone. What the fuck would I give you? Fuck, I give you the money for. You couldn't even be like, hey, I'm, I'm out, man. You just let me sleep in the movie theater. <laughs> That's some crazy shit. That sounds like yeah, something man. in a movie or something. Yeah, man. I was looking. When she asked me, I'm looking like she was dead serious. Like, hey, I'm not giving you no fucking money. <laughs> fuck out of here. That's crazy as hell. I could see if you kindly was like polite, like, hey, I'm about to go, man. You know what I'm saying? I'd have been like, I maybe would have thought about it, but you still wouldn't have got it. I'm just saying, you out of, you know, hell, man. You could at least nudge a nigga. Shit. <laughs> yeah, man. That's crazy. So, these experiences with women. So, what other, like, uh, what are the elements? Like, so, like, women. Women, you know? kids, getting older, man. Like, I wish somebody would have gave you a. Uh, 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 just a manual about getting older, man. You yeah, wake I say up, that all the time. You wake up and shit just hurting. Like, you can fuck around and be out the game just because you slept wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you sleep wrong? Like, I didn't... Ain't nobody tell you this shit. You, like, I understand now when you hear your, your, your pops and mom get up and they be grunting and shit. I understand now. Like, damn, you hurt for no fucking reason. Yeah. Like, this, that, and... Yeah, getting older and... and uh you know my my you know the, I I got the book I you know I got my jokes about you know my sisters I you know I I love my sisters no offense to Amanda the white girl but I love my sisters you know like I you know I like um you know I like smelling mostly hair care products uh, <laughs> shea moisturizer and and you know smelling that burnt hair from the hot comb all that yeah. shit turned me on because my childhood and, yeah you know I like them I like them real dark because I like to rub baby on the booty. And it'd be like, look like patent leather. <laughs> and then I like light skin because you rub them on their booty. It's like, oh, Charlie Rolls. Because they booty don't be all the way light skin. It be brown. It be brown. And then that baby would like butter on the, on the booty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's just stuff like that, man. And, that, and, you know, people love that joke. I did a joke, and people be liking that joke. I'm like, that's some One of my ex-girlfriends was in the crowd one time. I did a joke, and she started laughing. She was laughing hard because I really did that. I did that with her. Shit, I brought a baby on the boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I want to go back to something in, the, in what you said in, mm -hmm. the, in the beginning where you said uh, you were managed, and, like, you would do the Playboy and stuff yeah. and all of that. That era and stuff, because that was probably, well, that was that, uh, the 80s? 80s, yep. Yeah. Early, early 80s, you know, with the big cable boxes. I still remember those, though, man. That was that was my era, the early 80s. I mean, the late all through the 80s, early 90s, 90s was my, you know, teenage years coming up. So, yeah, wearing starter coats and. Yeah. Fat gooses and all that, and you know, the, you know, wearing the cross colors and the damage and used all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So what, like you know, 
Cause I always be, cause I've like I always said I've liked women since I can remember. You know yeah, what I'm me saying? Me too. It's, I can say that. You know, my mom would be like, cause I would always be looking at women and thinking women was pretty, and it wasn't like creepy. It was just like you know, yeah. just liked women. So, um, what was it? You know, with women and everything. This is just off subject and just from talking and mm. stuff. Like, what was it about women that stands out that stood out to you that just made you be interested in them? And it's like you know. I don't know. It was a natural thing with me too. Like it just feel like you know you see some you see some you know just women are pretty. You know, yeah. like, just pretty man. Just being there, or, you know, just being in existence. And you look at it like, oh man, you know, you get the little butterflies in your stomach. You know, yeah. you know, uh, shit, man. You know, I it's I can't explain it, man. Like I don't really can't explain it, but I like women. I know that. I feel you. you know? Yeah. I never thought about the other thing, you know. If that's what you do, it's what you do. But you know, you know, yeah. I don't know something about a woman with a nice ass on her. I just I can't explain it, man. That's, yeah. That's why you know I, I you know I was on booties way a long time ago, man. Way I before feel, the yeah. phase now. Back in element, you know, back in the day, I remember, you know, especially my teenager. It was this girl I used to go to uh, used to go to church. Cause she couldn't give her number out, so I had to mm-hmm. go to church to talk to her. Sunday school, yeah, I remember that. Girl, that Sharice Johnson, I used to go to church to talk to her, man. I know my mom like, what's what's up with you? You going to church like three months in a row? Shit, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get some pussy. That's what I, <laughs> I ain't thinking about the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to get some ass. That's what I'm trying to get. To, you know? So is with you know the experiences you have outside, like. What are experiences that you have with women that, um, I'm not saying that they have to be unpleasant ones, but like, mm-hmm. what are experiences you have with women that are like, you know, that part with men where we just don't get women? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stuff you don't understand, man, but, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I always, I always look at people, and, and I think it's funny when you see people like, "Why are you taking relationship advice for somebody that ain't married, they ain't been married?" Man, being married don't mean shit. You know what I mean? Miserable married motherfuckers yeah. that I worked with, they mad. You know, I worked with this one dude. He could, his wife wouldn't allow him to watch uh, BET because his kids couldn't watch it, and he was coming to work miserable. She used to run him, so he come to work. That's the only thing he really controlled. He went home. It was like, man, so. When people be like, why are you 43 and never been married? Like, it don't bother me, man, because I know a lot of people that's married and they're fronting. I'm living my truth. A lot of y'all are fronting. Y'all doing stuff because mom and them want to see you married or you want to be yeah. married. I don't, I never live my life by a certain deadline. Yeah. You need to have a house by this age. You need to be, you know, th- this by this age. And I'm, nah, man, you get it when you get it, man, when yeah. it's your turn. Like, you don't be in a rush and trying to live by somebody else's guidelines. Like, I don't care what you do. You that's on you. If it works for you, it's great. But I do what works for me. Cause yeah. that's in the, the day, it, it's gonna be me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man. It's just like you know, like you know what I went through. You, you know about the you know, as I said, December sixteenth, twenty fourteen, I had a heart attack, and December eighteenth, twenty fourteen, I had open heart surgery, I had triple bypass. Yeah. So I look at things differently. Like man, when you sitting there laying, looking at them hospital towels on the ceiling. You know, like, man, it's only you. You got to do shit to make you happy. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. My mom was always instilled that in us. She never been like, because she had friends that said, why, you, you want some grandkids? She had no grandkids. Like, you want grandkids? Like, my mom always been like, well, they the ones that got to take care of them. They'll get them when they're ready, you know? Yeah. And I never, I never feel rushed to do shit, you know, like that, man. You know, people, 
people be like feel like they have to do stuff by a certain time. I, I never got that. Like who you like who you trying to impress? Yeah. Like you ain't got to like me or not, you know. So all I gotta do is stay black and die and pay taxes. That's all the fuck I got to do. I ain't got to impress you. I don't give a, I don't give a damn. And it's so funny when you see people from school that were popular. Yeah. And like, uh, like, and nobody gives a damn about them no more. You people stand up to them now. Like, man, yeah. fuck you, man. Like, I've been through life. I don't give a shit about you, man. Yeah. This ain't high school no more. Some people are still stuck in high school. That is an interest. I've met a lot of people that that like. I guess I don't know what they've been through, but yeah. they stayed there. Yeah. So like, with you having like the heart attack and everything, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if you want to, like, you know, what was that like, you know, in the sense of just experiencing it and then having to, like, because I think the most interesting thing about going through something like that, not that even, like, I say I know, but yeah. it's, like, after you live through it, it's almost, I seem like I would be paranoid, like, man, I hope this doesn't happen again, man. Nah, I ain't paranoid about it. I'm taking care of myself. It's just, it was just like, I don't know, I thought I had a heartburn. That's the thing about it. It felt mm. like heartburn, indigestion. That's what it felt like. And I had the symptoms for, like, probably two weeks, a week and a half. And it just felt like heartburn. I ain't know what the fuck until I had to go to my mom's house, take the trash that occurred. And then if I couldn't catch my breath. So I knew something was wrong. She took me to the hospital and, and shit. Then, then from there, man, it was like, they, they took me in soon. As soon as they took me in, they gave me that nitrate. I knew something was up. And it's like, yeah, you was having a mild heart attack. That's what was happening. I'm like, ah, I just thought it was heartburn. I was taking Rolaids and shit mm. and taking heartburn medicine. I ain't know what it was. Then I got admitted that night. Then shit, a couple days later, shit, the doctor came in. He just came in just like open heart surgery, uh, 8.30 in the morning. All right, and dropped the mic, left. I'm like, God damn, that's it. And then <laughs> said, drop the mic, he left. He left. It was uh, the craziest part. The thing that had me most scared is, Shit, man, they show you like what what goes through in the heart surgery. Why does bitch roll in the VCR? The VCR. I'm like, y'all still got VCRs. It's 2014. Like y'all ain't got an open heart app or motherfucking <laughs> YouTube shit. Y'all link. Y'all could have uh, directed me to. Y'all bringing a VCR? Like it's like it's goddamn blockbuster video town in this bitch. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like yeah, if they show you this video and what can happen, what happened during heart surgery and all this shit, man, it's it was crazy, but it just made me like realize, man, I was so focused on bouncing back that I didn't realize that, you know, the PTS I went through. Yeah, that's what Like, yeah. you so worried. I was worried about getting back, so I had to go and talk to somebody. Because yeah. you go through certain things and your action you do subconsciously, you do. Yeah. But you don't realize you're doing this because you went through this, this you know, this trauma. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's... It's cool, man. You know, it's, it's you just gotta. I just take care of myself. It was because I had diabetes. I have diabetes, and my blood sugar that night was like four ninety six. That's how I had a heart attack. It was been mm. high for so long. So man, wasn't on my blood pressure nothing like that, man. I've been good ever since. Been six years now, so I've been good ever since then. Did that have a um, just going through those experiences and having a rebound from that? Did that have a profound effect on you know you being a comedian? Yeah, I mean, you know, just. Like you may say, I just want to do it now. I just want, I just, I'm just gonna go strive for stuff instead. Of, you know, sitting out. You know, because a lot of people talk to you, talk you to death. Yeah. And you know, being from around here, you know, it was it was it was cats that will talk and talk and talk about what they gonna do. I'm about okay. Talk about it. Get a plan and then execute. 
Yeah. Quit sitting around and, man, we're going to do this and this. Man, like, man, just do it. Like, yeah. quit talking about it. So, um, as far do you ever joke about, like, you know, yeah, make jokes joke. about your heart attack? Yeah, especially comedy? about the damn, uh, especially about the damn uh, VCR. I'm, I was like, God damn, I thought they was going to play Never End the Story or some shit. I'm like, <laughs> you know, fucking VC, uh, VCR, man. Like, I'm thinking, like, grandmas don't even have VCRs no more. That's shit. crazy, yeah. Yeah, talk about that. I got a joke about the heart attack and stuff like that. I talk about it. Yeah, man. Well, like I say, because um, I'm thinking, I mean, because I'm thinking about the heart attack. I had forgot that you had had a heart yeah, attack, yeah. man. I had, that was a while. What year was that again? 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, so that was... December 2014. Well, yeah. you, um, do you plan on, like, if you ever get a chance to, like, you know, or, like, do you, you know, you know how, like, MF Doom passed, and that was, like, that was solid mode for me, and, uh. I always just thought he was going to be somebody that was just rhyming and putting out albums until he was like 80 because yeah. he was just good. I just thought that it was never going to stop. Yeah. And um, do you see it being like that for you with comedy? Like, just like you're never going to stop? Yeah, like, comedy just... is something you can do just forever, man. I feel like I feel like you could do it forever. You see John Witherspoon was 75, yeah. 77 years old. You can just do it forever, man. Was he still doing stand-up sometime? Yeah, he's still doing stand-up. He's oh, still coming crazy. to Funny Bone. Yeah, he's still coming. Yeah, man, I feel like comedy, well, music too, rap. I don't know why we try to put age limits on on, on rappers now. Like, yeah, all right, everybody's talking about the forty year old rapper and shit like that. Yeah, but man, hey, man, if it's something you love, you can do it forever, man. Yeah, you know, especially comedy. Comedy is that art form you can do until you know, shit. Well, George Burns was what, well, four thousand years old. How old George Burns? <laughs> He's older than the motherfucker. But yeah, yeah man, he you can just keep doing it. And I feel like, and I encourage people to do it. Shit, if you love something you're good at, you love doing it, keep doing it. Whether nobody hear you or not, just keep doing it. Yeah, man. Well, I really appreciate hearing the story, man. I really, you got a real positive, like, you know, I really mm -hmm. do. You got a, like a real humorous, positive way of, like, you know, living through life, man. And um, as you journey on, I like to have you back on some other time so we can hear other stuff, new material and stuff, man. So that's cool. Apple, I mean, Rob. Because yeah. <laughs> he's the uh, what, the brains on sound. You still got the yeah. brains on sound. Uh, I I haven't did it in a while. I'm doh. doing this thing called Quasi now. But. Okay, Quasi. Yeah, because I I first saw it on Instagram. I thought it was Quasi Job Blow. I ain't know what the fuck. <laughs> Quasi Job Blow. I'm like, who the fuck? Is? Man, Dad told me it's Quasi Joe Blow. I said, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate you. We have to have you back on, and we're gonna catch you guys later. All right. A lot of things, people, a lot of whites today. 1978. Think black people talk bad. But you fail to stop and realize, white friends, that Southern whites taught Africans English. Think about that a moment. The African didn't know nothing about this year, and uh huh, and yonder, and grown, and get it, and Ura, and Swanee. Not African, the Southern whites taught me. said, No, boy, goddammit, I didn't tell you to get that there. I told you to get that out over yonder. Uh huh. Now chunk it over here, boy. Chunk it. Africans say, Ooma Gooma. <laughs> Which means chunk that shit yourself.